Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C., and today, Brooklyn Dad Defiant is back on the show. Majid Padelin. Uh, it is Labor Day, and I scheduled a show. I'm so dumb. I should have I should have realized I could have taken the day off, but that's okay because I do love doing it. And so it's like I just naturally, I, I'm sure if I was working in sales, I would have fully recognized this would have been my day off. But because I love what I do so much, it's like I don't even remember that I'm supposed to have a day off. But I'm happy because I, I love doing the show. And talking to Majid is really cathartic because he has a huge platform and he uses it to unify and, and to educate and to make sure that the right information is out there, the accurate information, not the alternative bullshit that Kellyanne Conway wants to sell you. So I always appreciate anybody who is, you know, definitely got this huge platform and they're willing to use it for the greater good. So he and he's so funny. And, you know, we didn't we, we did talk about it at the end of the show, but he's got a book out that you can get on Amazon, but you can also get it through his site. And he explains it in the show. If you get it through his site, you'll get an autographed copy. But it's called The Littlest President, L-I-D-D-L-E-S. He explains, uh, E-S-T, he explains the name and why. He did the last time he was on the show but just in case you missed it he's going to explain that to you when we do bring it up but check out his book he's also got a patreon page so uh he had lost his job when you know covid hit so and he talks about that too so i'm not going to give the whole show away. i'm going to stop doing that right now (laughs) and just say that um i'm going to do on on tuesday tomorrow Steph's going to be here. Yay. Steph Walton. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to interview a couple of different guys. They're uh, talking about voting. I th- what are they calling the home voting initiative or something? We're going to get into it, but they're going to have all kinds of information on how to vote. And that's so important from, you know, for all of us right now during COVID, during these crazy times where, the, where Trump is just throwing freaking chaos bombs everywhere and nobody even really, you know, it's hard to figure shit out. So these, the two guys that I'm going to talk to on Wednesday are going to make it as easy as possible. We're going to talk about uh, how you can vote, how you can vote safely, and how you could vote early, 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 early. Vote as early as you can. Uh, let's see, what else? Is there anything else? I don't know. I, th- I guess that's it. So I'm just going to go with uh, the Start Me Up podcast as an independent podcast. And it's supported by the listeners. It's also woman-run. I'm the woman. I have no corporate backers. I don't use advertisers. It's patrons who keep the show going. And I am always, always, always so grateful for everybody who supports the show. And as I usually say, if you do enjoy the show today, please check out my about page. You can see all the different people that I've interviewed. There's actors that mostly political pundits. We usually talk about politics. Occasionally, I have an actor on who I just focus on their craft, which, by the way, last Friday, uh, I was on Bob Seska's show, and I had, it's funny, because I think Vince, Vincent D'Onofrio, who was on the show, quote-tweeted Don Cheadle, who I've been dying for him to follow me, and he hasn't followed, I've tagged him before, he just ignored me. So Vincent D'Onofrio quote-tweeted him, and then I responded to Vincent D'Onofrio's tweet. So it didn't go to Don Cheadle. He didn't get the alert that I responded because it was Vincent's tweet. But I didn't even tag Don Cheadle. I just said, it'd be really awesome if Don Cheadle would follow me. <laughs> and then he did. <laughs> and I'm just dying. I want to interview him. So I don't know if he's ever going to agree to it, 
but I will just hang low for a while. I'm not, I'm not going to bug him right now. He, he just followed me, so I'm just going to leave it alone. But at some point, I would really like to interview him because he is – I love Boogie Nights. That's one of my favorite all-time. I mean, he's been in so many things, but Boogie Nights is one of my favorite movies, and it's also one of Bob's. And I, uh, I just – I hope that I get to interview him. But anyway, back to, back to business. Uh, you know, I've interviewed and talked to and discussed politics with so many different cool people, Alyssa Milano, Charlotte Clymer, Molly Jong-Fast – Glenn Kirshner, obviously Brooklyn Dead Defiant, so many cool people, actors, political pundits. So basically, here's the deal. Just go to patreon.com slash start me up, and then you'll see all the different tiers that I offer. And if you, I, I do two free shows every week on Monday and Wednesday, and then I do two patrons-only shows twice a month. Right now, the way it's set up is if you are a patron for $4 or less per month, you get access to one of those patrons-only shows and every free show. And not just access, it's delivered to your email box. If you sign up for $5 or more, you get both patrons-only shows and all the free shows delivered to your email box. Now, you can go to those tiers and you can sign up for the amount that I've designated or you can create your own dollar amount. You don't have to stick to what I've designated. But I think I have like five or six tiers. And uh, you can also you can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text in my Patreon description. I always include my email address, which, by the way, I, I think I need to change that to spelling out the .com part because I'm getting all kinds of crazy-ass things in my email box from, like, stuff that I have not subscribed to. And I'm like, it's got to be because I put my email address on that Patreon page. But anyway, I put it there and you can make a one-time donation. And then you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Please stop by the iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. I don't even know what it is. Store, site, become a subscriber because that's free. And while you're there, give me a rating. You guys have been doing that and I'm really, really appreciative. Yay! I need those ratings and positive reviews on iTunes. So the more the merrier. And once again, if you're if you're reading one of my books or my mom's book or something, The Melt, could you give us a review? That would be so much fun. All right, that's gonna be it. I'm excited because I get to talk to Brooklyn Dad Defiant now. So please enjoy. Welcome back to the show, Brooklyn Dad Defiant. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Kimberly. Of course. And I should say Majid. I mean, I know you as Brooklyn Dad Defiant. So that's what I'm going to call you. I'll, although I might call you by your name at some point. But, you know, Either that's way just, is how, fine. That's just yeah, how I Brooklyn. know you. <laughs> like, it'd be so, funny to have din- dinner with you and, like, always refer to you as Brooklyn Dad Defiant. <laughs> you'd be, you know, you'd be surprised how many people refer to me as just Brooklyn or BDD. Yeah, BDD very, is cool. Very, very few people actually call me Majid. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what, what made yeah. you come up? Was that just something you came up with on Twitter and then it just stuck? Well, so originally I was Brooklyn dad for Hillary. So okay. um, Brooklyn, because I spent half of my life in in Brooklyn and I, you know, that just that just kind of became a part of me. Brooklyn yeah. is an attitude. Right. You know, Brooklyn is like, hey, I'm walking here. All right. <laughs> hey, hey. But but the dad part is is is. In- integral to yes. who I am. I yeah. mean, that is the most important part of my persona is that I pride myself in my dadhood. Yeah. You know, um, my dadishness. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and the defiant only came after uh, November eighth. Gotcha. 
2016 yeah. where you know half of the people i knew were like oh i'm gonna run and yeah. stick my head in the sand because <laughs> right. of trolls and i was like screw that yeah um, let this it, it's on it's like define it's the on. motherfucker yeah <laughs> yeah that's right that's right all right well let's just jump into this because the news i mean there's a couple things i want to talk about i definitely want to talk about michael cohen's book which i am getting but, uh, you know, there's the whole suckers and losers thing. Now, I just want to read something to you that I wrote, but I, I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on this because I'm not sure – I'm not – I will – well, before I even go into this, I'm going to preface with one new thing. Somebody that I know who was a Trump supporter and who is fairly intelligent and has fought in a war, this – I think it was probably – a number of things that were growing as he says stupid shit all the time. And so this for this Trump supporter, um, I guess has been watching Trump and, you know, I'm sure that they realize he says stupid things, but they stick by him for this reason or for that reason. So this particular person is a veteran. And I think that those comments, especially because that woman, I can't remember her name, Jennifer something, uh, talked on Fox news and, and verified it too. uh, these, yeah. these, these comments. So it, it appears that this guy is, I don't know. I don't know how he's going to vote. I don't know if he's going to vote at all or for Joe Biden. I don't know, but it seems he's kind of peeling off of Trump and those comments about the military didn't help. And, and I, I, I say that we knew he, we knew from the comments that for the gold star family that they mm-hmm. were disparaging, but you know what? They were Brown. And yeah. then with McCain, okay, he's white, but it was a political foe. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, he did the thumbs down for, I mean, this, this happened, you know, his, his, I don't like guys who get caught or whatever that quote is. That happened it before happened the before, vote. Right. But still it was like this political foe. So I guess there could be some rationalization by certain Trump supporters and well, I don't like McCain either or whatever, whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I said, uh, I, I did this in a tweet. And I said, I don't know if Trump's disparaging comments about military's veterans will, the military or veterans will seal, seal his political fate and cost him the 2020 election. People keep saying not to count on it because of the access Hollywood tape. It wasn't enough to end his 2016 bid. But we live in a patriarchy where women are blamed when they're raped. We hear boys will be boys all the time when men treat women like shit. Veterans mm-hmm. are sacred, men and women. Again, I have no idea what will happen in November, but it's one thing to be a wealthy businessman misogynist in America and another thing to shit on the military. Just knowing this makes me angry. The access Hollywood tape should have been the end, but so many saw it as a normal thing men say about women. And again, the last thing I'll put in here is that when he mocked the disabled journalist, uh, it should have been the end of him. But it was one journalist and he talked his way out of it to the point where Trump supporters are like, no, that's not what he was doing. And they're arguing that that's not what he did. And it was just one person. This is he's saying disparaging things about the entire military, like everyone who's joined the military. If you went over Mm -hmm. to Vietnam, you're a sucker. And and Mm -hmm. so my question to you is, do you think that this is really going to peel away enough votes to make a difference? And I think that, you know, you can add it on to whatever votes that were peeled away before this. But will this be like a big chunk? Yeah, I I do. And I'll tell you why. For, For some reason, there are. In this election, there still are undecideds. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, I don't know what planet you've been living on <laughs> where you're like, hmm. <laughs> I, I, you know, I see this one guy who's responsible um, but and, and tells the truth most of the time, but 
I don't know. I got to take another look at this guy who's wrecked our country. And, uh, <laughs> I know. Like, I know. Uh, why are you still undecided in yeah. 2020? Yeah. Come on. The evidence, the evidence has been there from day one. It's just been piling up and piling up and piling up. Mm-hmm. Do I, do I think it's going to peel off his hardcore? Uh, we, we're with him. Uh, no matter what mm-hmm. base, no, no, I don't think it's right. peeling off any of those right. nut jobs. Half of them, and I'm calling them nut jobs because mm-hmm. that's what they are. Half of them yes. are QAnon fanatics, yes. and the other and the other half, um, I don't know, are are just they see Trump has created this bubble of fake newsism, mm-hmm. right? Where everything I don't like is mm-hmm. fake news. Yeah. And if I don't like it, if I'm calling it fake news, that's what it is. If, if they say the sky is blue, but I say it's um, purple, then purple is what it is because right. everything else is fake news. And that's, that's where we are right now. We, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we cannot, we can no longer agree on one actual reality. It's, it's reality and, alternate reality yeah. trump alternate reality it's crazy yeah but there but you do think there's going to be enough <sighs> veterans or military personnel who are like that's it I, that's like this is the straw for them you think absolutely absolutely there have there've already there was already a trend i don't know if you realize this there've already been a trend of republicans yes. getting peeled off of him already yeah. long before these right. comments broke and you can tell that there is panic in the white house because they even recently deployed uh the the uh first lady plagiarist uh birther uh, <laughs> melania you know to defend him right. melania when's the last time yeah. she had to step out and exactly. defend him for something yeah you that's know? true that's true so this is an all hands on deck crisis and i don't think we should we should let up on it at all because he's been fortunate enough mm-hmm. to be able to keep a steady shitstorm of controversy so that while we're focused on this one controversy he throws some more shit on the wall mm-hmm. and now oh, oh, oh there's another shiny object and we forget about what he just did mm-hmm. and and that's been his best defense is to create more things more outrageous things in the news cycle mm-hmm. to keep constantly flipping it over and over but yeah. this this is, you know, this is something that we all knew was there mm-hmm. from the John McCain thing, yeah. you know, from the Gold Star family right. thing. You know, uh, it's been with him he, he, and the Bone Spurs thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the whole bo- Bone Spurs thing has been there. He yeah. talked to uh, I remember him talking to uh, Howard Stern and saying that um, avoiding STDs was yes. his own personal Vietnam. I mean, that's what he sees as. A sacrifice, yes. You know, uh, n- you know, not uh, of having to wear a rubber, you mm-hmm. know, a condom uh, instead of going up in people unprotected, which apparently he did anyway yes. with Stormy Daniels, right? With you his know? with his little mushroom dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and it makes me so angry. I mean, on Friday, when you know, first it came out on Thursday night, and mm-hmm. you know, I talked about this on on the Bob Seska show, but he it came out on Friday night, and you know, I was pissed. And like every time you see something new, you're like, "Fucking asshole!" And you know, and you tweet <laughs> accordingly. Uh, but then, you know, since people were posting photos of their loved ones who had either you know died in war or fought in war. My father went to Vietnam when he was, I think, 21 year, 22 years old 
and he was injured because shrapnel hit his arm. So he was injured, I think, like the day before I was born. So the whole time mm-hmm. he was over in Vietnam, my mom was pregnant. I can't even imagine. I mean, I, she's talked to me about it, but I can't even imagine what it must be like to be newly married and have your, you know, especially back then, you know, it's like 1967, 68, mm-hmm. to have your husband have to go to war and not know, you know, as you're carrying his child, if, if he's going to come home. And so, right. un- you know, fortunately, unfortunately, he was injured, but it wasn't the kind of injury that, you know, took him down. So he was able and he was an ABC News cameraman for decades, for like three decades. So but still, you know, I looked at this photo of him and he was so young and he was it's funny. My dad was never a hippie, but he he was, you know, the long hair kind of <laughs> liberal dude. And, and he had this bushy hair. And so it was before his bushy hair and he was very clean cut and he was so skinny. And his Uh arm had been injured. And I saw this, you know, everybody kept commenting on how young he looked. And I just started crying and I couldn't stop crying. And it was a little bit because of the obvious. Every time I see this picture, my mom's he's standing there uh, with my mom and she's holding me. And so Mm. it's it's a very warm picture. And it means so much to me because, you know, I could have I could have easily lost him and never met him, which I'm so grateful that that didn't happen. But, you know, I see I I looked at him and I looked at the two of them. I mean, they split up when I was three, but still I looked at the two of them. And at that point in their marriage, they still believed it was going to work and they had hope and they loved each other. And, you know, there was, there was this relief. There was this, um, there was so much in that photo. And for those, those words that Trump said, I got so angry that I was crying. So it wasn't like sad crying. It was like fucking anger crying. Mm -hmm. God damn you. My father, I could have lost my dad. People did lose their father. My dad actually did. He was exposed to Agent Orange. And a couple of years ago, he had a lump in his leg. And, you know, he kept telling me it's nothing. It's nothing. And, of course, it was cancerous. And they took it out. And, you know, it looks like everything's going to be okay. Knock on wood. He's got to go get... Uh, oh, that's goodness. Yeah, that's he's got to get X-rays every couple, every like every three months. So they didn't do chemo or anything like that. So, uh, you know, the idea is that if nothing shows up for two years, he's in the clear. And I think we're about maybe a year and a half in. So, you know, hopefully. But still, yeah, it's yeah. like you know, I mean, he he's he's got mental and physical uh, wounds that will never go away. And God damn that fucking Trump, man! I hate him so much, and I really do. I really do hope that this is the th- one of the things that is enough because, yes, as you said, there were all these Republicans that, you know, like there's uh, during the Democratic National Convention, there was all these Republicans that came out and Colin Powell and everybody. And it's like it's you know, mm-hmm. it's not like the it's and it's not like the Democrats are jumping on board with Republicans. The Republicans are are are, con- you know, endorsing Biden. We're not endorsing mm-hmm. them. So it's like right, I think that right. says a lot. You know, I just I really I think it says a lot that he's so bad that even they are like, okay, it's too much for me. (laughs) He's too much. (laughs) I don't know if you, if you remember a few days ago, uh, the poll, a poll came out that Joe Biden was like three points up in Texas. Texas. Yes. In Texas. Now, you know, I've, these polls are, you know, they, they change with the wind. So Mm -hmm. today uh, Biden is down by two points in Mm -hmm. Texas. Okay. But that's Texas. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be down by double digits yes. in Texas. Yeah. The fact that it's even, you know, up for debate mm-hmm. is um, is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I mean, I wish I could get the read. I know, like you said, there's certain people 
who are just always going to be supporters and they just don't care. I, I saw some, although I did see a tweet, or I'm sorry, a Facebook post from somebody who said, f- you know, the, their neighbor had always had a flag in their flagpole. And I guess now they've got a prisoner of war flag or something. So that's good, I guess. I mean, I don't know if they had been Trump supporters before. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think there's got to be, there's got to be a lot of these veterans who are, you know, who understand that he did say this because as many as as much as there's a bunch of them who are saying it's not true and screaming fake news, I mean, it was on Fox and we've already seen with our own eyes. He did call John McCain a loser. It's on tape. We've seen it. So yeah. I mean, it's not it's not such a stretch to imagine. And the, the sources, the sources were confirmed mm-hmm. by that woman Jennifer something yeah. from Fox News. Right from Fox News. Yeah, you know, um, and. Uh, I, I just wish people would open up their eyes. It's not like it's it's not really that hard to parse what kind of individual this guy is. Yeah. I mean, he, I <laughs> he, he he takes some pictures with him wrapping himself in the flag, or you know, yeah. basically trying to date rape the flag. <laughs> you know, I know. Um, and and that's supposed to um, that that's supposed to substitute for actual patriotism, mm-hmm. and it just it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. He's all along. He said, "I know more than the generals." Or in another instance, he called a room full of generals babies and losers. And that came out. What was it? Um, a year ago. Yeah, a year yeah, ago, yeah. and that was well reported. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the the myth. It's a myth. And there's the other thing where he said um, he didn't want. Uh, amputated. Uh, he didn't want uh, veterans who had been disfigured right. yes. to uh, to appear in a parade, in a military parade, and that is one hundred percent the kind of disgusting mm-hmm. person Donald Trump is. That is one hundred percent. Yes, and that I, mean, is I, serious. I immediately thought of Tammy Duckworth, and you know, I mean, there's a there's a photo of Obama with a veteran who had lost his legs and had the same, mm-hmm. you know, the same kind. I don't know what the, I don't know. Are they, pr- they're not prosthetic now. They're something else, aren't they? Like the kind of, Oh, the, 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 um, I don't know if that's metal. The right. Yes. Kind of metal. metal. That's like, the so he the had metal. the same kind yeah. of, um, legs that Tammy Duckworth had, but it's like, you know, Obama's titanium. okay. Titanium. Uh, yeah. you know, Obama was posing in a photo with a gentleman who had, you know, clearly a veteran who had lost his limbs and, um, you know, and there's Tammy Duckworth. I mean, I can't even imagine how it must feel. I mean, I'm sure Tammy Duckworth is able to rise above his ridiculous uh, <coughs> comments about amputees, but still, it's got to hurt. You know, I mean, it's got to hurt. Absolutely. I can't even I remember Im- she uh. got into a beef with Tucker Carlson, yeah. who had the audacity to call her, who would, uh, Tammy Duckworth, who had lost both her legs, called her a coward. Yeah. You know, and and this is one of Trump's main uh, mouthpieces, main supporters. Well, I mean, you know, I don't think it's necessarily good news, but if but I guess it is good news if he's going to lose votes, then then good news, because we we have to get as we have to win. I mean, it's going to be so there's so many obstacles. If if there were no obstacles, it would be a blowout. Kimberly, he has been such a shitbag for yeah. the past three and a half years. Just a, a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. Uh, that at this point now, it's just the, the only thing that is going to get us a victory. It's not 
Uh, it's not the scandals, the daily scandals. Yeah. It's it's not the polls. It's getting out the vote. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah. Period. And when I say it, it's unlike any other year. We have to turn out mm -hmm. massive, massive numbers. And yeah. I know a lot of people are talking about you know, they're going to do a mail-in ballot. But I, I, I did want to talk about something with you on the show today, if it's okay. Sure. And I, I think it's kind of important. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think we need to start preparing our side for election night. Mm -hmm. Yes, because, I totally agree with you. Because there's going to be a very different dynamic on election night, unlike any other election night. Yes. Because people are going to be voting by mail-in ballot. Mm -hmm. Uh, in numbers never seen before, mm -hmm. in unprecedented numbers, which means that on election night is a very good possibility that the tally, the you know the in-person mm -hmm. voting tally is going to lean towards Trump. Yes, yeah, they're calling it a red mirage. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So um, as often as you can. You know, I will be doing it. I have a, a show daily on Periscope, mm -hmm. and I will be, you know, preparing my audience for this and telling them, uh, yeah, prepare yourself for the red mirage. Yes. Hold, yeah, you know, pump the brakes. Don't freak out. Mm -hmm. You know, he is going to attempt to claim victory, victory. Yes, he will. on that night. Yeah. Guaranteed, one hundred percent. He's already he's already claiming victory <laughs> yeah. on on unemployment numbers, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, saying that he created ten million jobs in a few months. Like, dude, yeah. you didn't create those jobs. Right. People were just returning to their jobs <laughs> know, that they left. Idiot. God, I hate him so much. I mean, I laugh because otherwise I would break my fucking computer in front of me. So it's like I got to laugh. But I, but yeah. it's, it's the ironic yeah. laugh. But no, I agree with you. In fact, I even tweeted something the other night that it's kind of similar. Like we all have to be prepared for this. But I think another way can, we can prepare for this, and I'm hoping that uh, a lot of, you know, it's like it's, you know, make a plan, vote early, make a plan, vote early, make a plan, vote early. We have to have a plan. And, mm -hmm. you know, my thing is, is because I understand there's going to be a lot of mail-in voters. I, I know, and I've said this like a third time I've said it on my show, but, mm -hmm. you know, maybe I'll get some different listeners with your enormous, enormous Twitter following. Um, <laughs> but it's it's you know, you're coming up now on almost like a, three quarters of a million followers. So uh, here's hoping. But I think that if you're going to do the mail in voting, then, you know, I, Lawrence O'Donnell posted the other day that he sent a card that was supposed to arrive the next day that the year before it arrived the next day it was it was like i don't know two or three weeks later so mm -hmm. you know i've heard people i've heard voting experts say give it 10 days i say do it as early as you can get that get that ballot order your mail-in ballot fill it all out but be really fucking careful because it's easy to make a mistake it's easy to miss yep. things and if you miss something it's not going to count make sure your signature is correct don't mm -hmm. do, if you have two signatures make sure it's the one you use to register to vote because if it's not which has happened to me they will send it back so i always like to tell people that if you're going to mail it in don't wait don't wait mm -hmm. until a week before or do it as early as you can get. Order your ballot now, fill it out now, and then send it now. I have, you know, the, I ordered, 
I thought I ordered my ballot, but I what I wound up getting was uh, another. It was a physical piece of paper to order my ballot. So that came on Saturday. So I I did fill it out and I sent it in and I'm just going to wait now. And then, you know, my plan is that I'm going to physically drop it off on October 26, whether it's a polling station, uh, I'm going to check the polling station first. If it's not too crowded, I will stay there because I'd much rather just go into the polling station. But if there is, if it's too crowded, then and it, to make me feel comfortable because of COVID, I'm going to find, you know, I'm going to have already figure out in Maryland, fortunately, they have a whole bunch of voting ballot box, you know, like mm. kind of like a mailbox. So um, I will do that. But I will make sure that, you know, I don't, you know, and I don't want to wait until the last day because the last day on November 3rd. Oh, that's know, crazy. That you're, if you, it's going to be crowded. There's going to be all kinds of crazy shit going on. God only knows what the weather is going to be. So it, it's like, if you can do it early, if you can, you know, and I always say go to vote.org, look up your own state, see what the early voting is. So you have your plan, you have your ballot, you make sure everything is, you know, perfect. And then if you can drop it off in person, all the better, because and if you can mail it in, <clears throat> excuse me, like a month earlier, whatever it is, we could have, uh, we could avoid that red mirage. But, you know, mm -hmm. my, my, my uh, audience is limited. And so, I mean, even with your huge audience, it's limited because it's not ever, you're not talking to everyone in the whole United States. And so, Indeed. you know, yeah. I wish that, I wish that we could get that news out to do that. But, you know, and I know that it's not so easy for everybody, but people have a tendency to wait for voting day when, you know, they had the whole month before where they might've had a day off in the middle of the week. And if they don't have a day off in the middle of the week, uh, there's still things that you can do, whether it's, uh, I think in, in some places there are libraries or there's the registrar of voters or something like that that have the boxes. You can drop it off there, too. So it's like just find out what's going on in your country. But I totally agree with you because it's going to be really scary to see, it, you know, to live with the possibility that there's a Republican win, that Trump is going to win. And he will, as you said, he will say yeah. I won and then what he's going to do is when those votes come in from the mail he's going to claim that it's either fake news or whatever the fuck he's going to say he's going to say it's a lie and there and then he wants he's going to want to take it to the supreme court and you know mm -hmm. as much as I feel like John Roberts has been pretty okay in the last couple decisions I'm I'm not going to trust him completely I feel like he would be smart and say no these are legitimate and we're going to count the mail in votes but we all remember what happened in 2000 <laughs> so, with the hanging mm -hmm. Chad fiasco. Yeah. So uh, I've been telling people October 13th. That's, October, a good, that's good. Right. Yeah. 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 And I've, I've also been working with uh, a, a, a several different groups. One is no Dems left behind mm -hmm. and NDLB. And the other one is Demcast and Demcast yes has been working on rescue our votes and we're sending out information uh, to everybody to inform them where to go, um, what to do, mm -hmm. when to do it, you know, everything that is necessary for dealing with the election this year. Yes. I'm part of Demcast in that my, my podcast is on their platform, but yeah, um, they have, they're great because they're definitely trying to get the down candidate down ballot, uh, people elected too, which is extremely important. And, you know, I mean, because if the word, if, if a terrible, you know, if Trump is reelected or reinstalled or however you want to phrase it, if we have a blue Congress, he won't be able to get away with the same kind of things that he's getting away with now. I mean, he's basically getting away with so much of it because of Mitch McConnell. If yeah. we could take the Senate back and if, oh my God, if Amy McGrath could win. 
and it's not even that I'm. Oh, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like, it, and I'm not. I I don't. It's like she's not my absolute favorite candidate in the world, but this is Kentucky, <laughs> you know. And she's like awesome for Kentucky, and she is a badass, and and so um, that would be wonderful to see her take over. But <clears throat> I want to switch this a little to. Are you going to get the Michael Cohen book? Um. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I would like to read it, uh, but I want to see, you know, when, when these books come out, uh, the, the news shows, they tend to dive deep into it and mm-hmm. extract all of the juicy of bits. The juice, you're right. Uh, yeah. So I want to see how much comes out, yeah. uh, you know, before, um, before I make that decision, I did get the, uh, the Mary Trump book mm-hmm. and I, I still haven't had a chance to read that yet <laughs> i've been so busy i so i'm a comic book nerd right so yeah. my favorite thing to read uh is comic books <laughs> and i have about 20 comic books that um have been waiting for me to read i used to yeah. knock those out easy peasy but i've been so slammed mm-hmm. i haven't even had a chance to read my, yeah. my beloved comic books <laughs> well i mean i know that with the cohen book i don't know that it's going to necessarily change minds but it's fascinating to me just to read about the experiences behind the scenes and i know one of the most disgusting things that just came out on saturday night was that Trump hired a man who kind of looked like Obama, calls him Fobama. I don't know if he did, but they referred to him <laughs> oh, as yeah. the Fobama. Where so he recorded himself like berating and firing Obama. So yeah. you know that he recorded it so he could just watch it over and over. That is so I fucking th- gross. I, I thought th- I thought that was supposed to be for the RNC, and they looked at it and they were oh, like, really? "Nah, this is cheesy. No thanks." Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, I didn't. I, I didn't get that part. So. But that's still oh, yeah. gross. Either w- that's so funny that even it was so gross that the RNC was like, no. <laughs> gross. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's so uh, it's so typical of him to, you know, to, to pull a stunt like that. Yeah. He hated Obama from the minute he was elected. Yeah. He could not fathom. He hated everything about him and yeah. questioned it all. And how could this guy achieve so much? And. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's not surprising that he filmed that. And I watched it. It was very cheesy. Yes. I, I, I haven't seen it, but I can imagine. And well, the, the thing about Cohen too, <sighs> is unlike Mary Trump, where we're getting, we're getting from her, I read probably half of it, but mm-hmm. from her, it was more about her experiences, family experiences. And then, you know, she talked a lot about her father and how her father influenced her father's life. And then also how it influenced Trump. And basically, Fred Trump, the father, created the monster that is Donald. And yeah. so, yeah, you do get certain insights. And then I also w- have been reading uh, the book Melania and Me because I wanted to find – there's a couple things I wanted to find out. Not so much the Ooh. juice, but I just wanted to f- – I wanted to understand Melania because, mm-hmm. you know, e- in the front of the book, she says people think she's a villain or, villain or a hostage. And I always wondered, is Melania a hostage? Not that I wanted to make excuses for her, but I just, I just really wondered. And so, like, read this book – no, she's a villain. 
and yeah. you know, and I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt. I was I had Hal Sparks on the other day, and he made a point. He was like, "Yeah, you want you you felt like she could be a hostage because you couldn't imagine doing the things that she was doing, and the only way that you would ever do them is with a gun to your head. And so it's like you can't like how could she how could she wear that fucking coat." You know, mm-hmm. that said, I don't care. How could she go on television and, and do the birtherism? But I always thought, well, if she married the mob and, and you know, was afraid, he could just tell her, you need to do this. And she was afraid she was going to lose custody of Baron or whatever. I just, I didn't know. But reading this book, I felt like if it's going to be her close friend, you're going to get a feel for who yeah. she was and the, bet- you know, stuff between the lines. Okay, she was not at all... <clears throat> A hostage. Nope. <laughs> and so, you know, a little bit of dirt I got, you know, it's like it looks like Ivanka might be behind the plagiarized of, of uh, Melania convention speech because I guess <laughs> Rick Gates wrote it and Rick Gates was like her little peasant server. And yeah. so it looks, it, it, you know, she, she didn't make that accusation. She kind of raised that question. Could it be that Rick Gates, you know, is the, you know, because he wrote it, could it be that, and and that Ivanka had the last say that she was the one who wanted to sabotage her stepmom. And then Mm. there was a couple other things that, you know, like, I'm sorry, I I, I hate to interrupt you, but did you see in the RNC when, uh, when Ivanka yes. walked past Melania, it yes. just made me think of that. <laughs> yes, and it's, and she called they called they called her print. You know, she calls her princess, and I know they had Operation Block Ivanka at the inauguration so that Ivanka wouldn't be in in front of the cameras when he was inaugurated. So it was like the, there's the pettiness and all that stuff. Uh, but again, the main reason I wanted to read that was because I wanted to find out, you know. If, if if her friend had written things like, you know, Melania acted strange and she did, you know, th- there's ways she could have described her that would have tipped off that mm-hmm. Melania's behavior was somebody who felt who feared for her life. No, you don't get that. You just get that Melania does whatever the fuck she wants. And, you know, she she didn't want to have anything to do with the campaign in 2016 that she was always texting her friend going i'm in jamaica and it's so beautiful and i never want to come home and i'm in whatever other you know beautiful place and i never want to go back and and, you know her friend just said it indicated that she just didn't even want to have anything to do with the campaign but she said that straight up she just said i don't want to be part of it so anyway the the thing about michael cohen's book though is that what i find so fascinating about him i genuinely believe that he feels bad now but i also genuinely believe that if he had never been caught he would still be doing it but i think that he gets it now i think he's like oh i really fucked up i really allowed this man to control me and i i liked it too much and i and i liked the power and all the stuff and so when he tells us these things like trump isn't going to leave peacefully i think he's really trying you Mm -hmm. know in his own way to make up for the crimes that he committed and so i know one of the uh, wall street journal had a couple of quotes from the book or, or excerpts or just little bits of it. And it says in the book, Cohen recounts watching Mr. Trump allegedly cornering pretty women in his office and forcibly kissing them as they recoiled, often grabbing them by their cheeks and pulling them toward him. Mm. And then the other thing, this is the worst Trump pointed to the tennis court where Cohen's then 15 year old daughter, Samantha was playing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he said, look at that piece of ass. I would love some of that. Oh, my God. Now, you know, it reminds me, uh, I can understand an adult man, uh, most of the time they would just feel paternal with a 15-year-old girl. 
But, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to girls who have developed and everything, I mean, if there's, I don't know, th- I, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was um, Michelle Pfeiffer played the dead wife to Peter Gallagher. And, oh, I can't remember what it is. They had a daughter. And so mm-hmm. Michelle was dead and, and Peter Gallagher was had this beach house and he was walking around the beach with his male friend who was an adult. And they were mm-hmm. looking at these two girls in bikinis and they were like, ooh, look <laughs> at these girls. And the girl turned around and it was his own daughter. And he was like, oh, God, you know, like I, I had these disgusting thoughts about my own daughter. So it's like, of course, you know. If there are fifteen girls, fifteen-year-old girls that are developed, it's not to say that it's normal for a, an adult man to to lech after them. But of course, they could find them attractive. But it's still this idea that they're fucking fifteen, you know. And yeah. it's like that is you never say I would love some of that, especially to the father of that fifteen-year-old. Yeah, that is horrifying. Yeah, I, I hate to tell you this, Kimberly, but that's not going to move the needle. No, I know. For, I know it's for not. anybody. No, however, however, um, I do look forward to the juicy bits coming out of Michael Cohen's book. I I believe that book is going to be chock full mm-hmm. of juicy bits because yeah. he knows where all the bodies are buried. That's it. Yeah. He knows. Yes. Why why even come out with a book, you know, if it's just going to have the same kind of salacious details about Trump that we already no. know? Yeah. There's got to be something extra in here, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, my guess. My well, guess. He's, like yeah. you said, he worked for him for over a decade, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think the um, the stuff that might move the, the needle are the more unscrupulous right. business practices, the uh, criminal transactions that yeah. that went down if if they're in there he better have some of that in there he better you know? otherwise yeah, he better. don't waste my time yeah well no and i i agree with you that these kinds of stories are i mean if if we had him saying he you know could look at the young girls in the in the pageants and they didn't care when he was when he said that thing yeah. about the girl going up the stairs like i'm going to be dating you in 10 years even when he said that he basically wanted to have sex with his own daughter and, yeah. and, you know, speaking of Ivanka, two people now, and it, th- there's two people who worked on The Apprentice. There's one that's a comedian. I don't know either one of their names. but one, one Is guy's, it Noel Kasler? That's one. Okay, so he's mm-hmm. one. And then there was a woman, and she was recently interviewed. I think it was on MSNBC. Now, I don't remember her name, but she was part of that show, too, behind the scenes. Both of mm-hmm. these people have said separately that they are more worried or concerned about Ivanka. And I think that, you know, uh, with and and then, you know, we also heard Trump's sister on tape talking to Mary Trump, basically saying that he's, you know, always kind of been enamored of Ivanka. It's always been that way. And we've heard Mm -hmm. other people kind of say double down on the same thing. Daddy's girl. And we've seen the photos. I don't know. Some of them might be doctored, but we've definitely seen a gross kind of relationship. I think that I do think that Trump, because he's a narcissist, and this is just me and my, you know, podcast psychology here, because I don't uh-huh. know, I'm guessing. Um, but it, it, but we all know that he's a narcissist, and the Trumps resemble each other, and she, you know, Ivanka looks like him, except the pretty version. And I mm-hmm. think that he is attracted to her, and I think that she knows it, and I think that she uses it. Like she, because I read somewhere... So, yep. you know, along the way, I don't even remember, but it, it's like she plays him that she she totally plays him. And it's like you can tell. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and for, it's so gross that he would have. I mean, he said that he would date her. 
if yeah. he weren't her father. So it's d- and then when Howard Stern called her whatever he called her a hot piece, a of, piece ass, of ass, yeah, yeah, Trump agreed, and mm-hmm. so it's like. I think that you know, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised that you know she's using like understands it and uses it to get what she wants, and it it's like that is the most dis- and again that's not going to move the needle. If anything no. would move the needle, it's the kind of things about the uh, you, you know maybe the criminal stuff and definitely the disparaging of the troops because you're just not allowed to do that. You can disparage right. women all day long. You can make fun of hand, you know handicapped people or or disabled people. It's not enough. Sadly, it's just not enough. It's not enough yeah. to be a racist white supremacist. It's not enough. But boy, don't fucking talk about the military. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like, right. it, it does make me angry because I feel like it sh- we should have, we should, you know, we like to think that we're such an evolved country, but we're really not. We're just not. No. No. And the, the GOP, as, uh, as we used to know it is is does no longer exist. It's yeah. not the GOP anymore. It's it's the Trump Party. Yeah, basically, and uh, they they no longer have any claim to moral superiority. Even though I mean that's that was uh, debatable anyway. Yes. But they used to they it used to be the party of family values. They yeah. used to be the party of um, national defense and yeah. national security. And no, no more. No. We, we, you have this guy who was briefed that Putin was putting bounties yeah. on our soldiers' heads, and he spoke to him. He's spoken to him nine times since then, and not once did he bring it up. Not once. So, uh, right, right there. That that says it mm-hmm. all. That says it all. All. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and if you, gotta you, you know they, anything, what what occurred to me earlier today is that um, anything they could possibly try to come up with as as far as oh well, look at what uh, Joe Biden has done here. Look at what this person, this Democrat has done. Anything you guys try to put up there, we've already got you covered in yeah. the whataboutism right. debate. Okay, yes. forget <laughs> exactly. <it. laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like they're using Benghazi. They're still fucking talking about Benghazi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. You've already run up your tab yeah. on on the uh, on the outrage uh, meter with, by allowing Trump to basically do whatever he wants to mm-hmm. do for the past three and a half years. And now now when you want to try and say, hey, well, what about this guy? No, your, your guy is way worse. Yeah. Sorry. No, <laughs> yeah. forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's a, a guy on my Facebook page who is from the South. I think he lives in Tennessee, and he put up a post the other day and said, all right, this is it. If you are a Trump supporter, please unfriend me. It was basically the loser and sucker thing. And, and so, you know, he spelled it out. Yeah. He spelled out what Trump said, and still there were people coming on and going, well, I'm unfriending you. And he's like, good, bye. You know, I mean, it's like I, he hasn't been a Trump supporter, but I guess he's put up with his Trump supporter friends. And at this point, he's like, I can't deal with you anymore because I just I can't. And, you know, I just I hope so, because I feel like I feel like we've got these polls coming out. And even when we have Biden 10 points ahead, I mean, there was something I saw recently that he's you know, he's ahead by uh, 10 points in in some um, whether it's issues or whatever it is. But I feel like when you throw in cheating and, and, and voter suppression and all of the extra, 
the obstacles that they're putting in our play in front of uh, in, pr in front of us so it's harder to vote that you have that polls don't take that into account they don't take into account russian cheating and russian help and i think we're only going to see especially probably starting this month just watch how the russian trolls are going to really start coming out because mm -hmm. we're, we're heading closer to the election so there's going to be so much disinformation so much there's going to be i mean just like they did in 2016 russians got into these debates like the vaccine debate and the blm debate so mm -hmm. they would take both sides yeah and they would pit us against each other <clears throat> that's what they did in 2016 that's yeah. right so i mean look for that and and it's really tough because you know i mean especially when it comes to race i saw somebody on twitter ask the question something like you know what's the one th what is one thing that you are afraid to this political thing that you're afraid to talk about on Twitter. And I saw a lot of white people say, I'm afraid to talk about race because I'm afraid I'm going to get it wrong and that mm. I'm going to get slammed for it. And I have to say that, you know, I've gotten things wrong in that, you know, I am a privileged white woman who there's a bit of a bubble. I try not to live in that bubble. I try very hard. You know, last time we talked, we talked about this a little bit where, you know, my mom never put up with anyone saying the N-word. And, you know, I, I, I was raised in a fairly, di you know, I can't say a diverse area because my mom moved me around a lot mm -hmm. when I was younger. And up until, I think, 11th grade, I had never lived anywhere uh, for more than two years. So... I definitely moved around and I went to a variety of different schools, but those schools all, you know, I mean, some schools were very diverse, some schools not, some were like almost all white. And, you know, but I've had the experience living in Southern California in a very diverse thing. It's like, I want to, I want to do and say the right thing. I don't want to fuck up, but I do get nervous sometimes because I feel like I say it wrong. You know what I mean? And it's like and that's yeah. what we have to be careful now is is Russia and probably the GOP and whatever other hostile foreign power who's been watching can use this against us. And, you know, and it's like for me, I feel like I wish that we could just all sit down and be honest and talk about what makes us scared. You know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. makes us feel um, because it's not about poor me, poor white lady feels afraid to talk about race. It, I, it's not poor me. It's just that I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to get it wrong. I want, I just, what I want is for everybody to have a fucking equal playing field, no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, whether you're disabled, whether you're, you know, whoever you are, we should have. Mm -hmm. And of course I know that's not going to happen in my lifetime. There's always going to be human beings like to put each other. We like to look up to people yeah and so we like to have people above us who we follow that's what we do i mean it's like high school you know is often i i see high school being repeated in the workplace there's the popular crowd there's the people that you make fun of i mean it just it's the same this is yeah. how humans are but we can evolve past that to a much more tolerant uh planet country whatever we're certainly not doing it right now. I mean, I think we are in a way. Like, I think the people are moving towards that. But the government, our government right now, are specifically our Republican conservative government is not. And they are mm -hmm. making laws or trying to make laws that are discriminatory. And so, you know, they play, you know, so social life, uh, you know, c culture plays off of politics and vice versa. But it's, you know, it's just, it, it's one of those things that, 
I feel like we all need to be aware of, whether it's vaccines, whether it's race, whether it's gender. Um, those arguments are going to become, I think, more heightened now because Russians are going to come in and play us on both sides. Well, Kimberly, let me let me just tell you on race. I would say just keep it simple. Everything you said right now, you know, just be supportive yeah. of of our movement and help stomp out uh, bigotry and racism where you see it. Uh, you know, yeah. advocate for us. Now, with that said. I, I did want to say something that um, I've seen over the weekend. I've seen some videos of some some. I, I think these are young kids, mm -hmm. right? As far as I can tell, because they have masks on, so you can't see. Right. And when I say mask, I mean some people had full, like from head, from yeah. the top, the crown of their head to the chin. You couldn't tell who it was. Um, but they're going and disrupting people while they're having a coffee or a meal oh, or something right. and knocking yeah. things over on their table. That shit is ridiculous. Yeah. I wish I, whoever that is, I yeah. wish they would stop it. I, I, agree. I feel, I feel like it, it's right wing agitators. Mm -hmm. In fact, when you look at these protests that are, are still going on in Portland and in other cities, they're peaceful until you can no longer determine who it is yes. that's throwing a brick or yeah. a Molotov cocktail or you know or breaking windows and i feel like these are again right wing yeah. agitators when they point <laughs> to antifa mm -hmm. i'm i'm doing air quotes here antifa <laughs> you know um they're not throwing big bags of soup yeah you know but uh, <laughs> but but they are whoever it is that is uh like they're not even wearing shirts that say Antifa on right, them, you know. Exactly. Like who's who's the leader of this mysterious <laughs> organization? Where's their logo? Where's their corporate headquarters? Yeah. You know, Antifa. Uh, <laughs> as as far as we know, these are just people on the right dressing up in black gear mm -hmm. and and claiming to be Antifa, but yeah. we 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 never hear, you know, fifteen Antifa terrorists were right. Um, were arrested. No, we never hear that at all. But we do hear about the Boogaloo Boys yes. being arrested or the Proud Boys mm -hmm. showing up and shooting the place up. You know? Mm -hmm. um, these yeah, are, these, these are organizations that actually have recognizable leadership. Yes. yes. You know? Yeah, and I think there was an NBC article that came out not too long ago. It said 93% of the protests were not violent. And it's That's funny right. because, uh, you know, I'm friendly with joe walsh and he <laughs> he's been driving me a little bit nuts and i can't i probably have been driving him a little bit nuts but um he keeps yelling at the looters and and i and i'm like you have to also talk about the white supremacists because while there might be some looters uh mm -hmm. that are not part of blm and they're not right. necessarily right wingers they're just you know maybe kids yeah opportunists who are just taking advantage of the situation uh, and yeah. not political, you know, per se. But but we do have you. You can Google article after fucking article of the white the the white supremacists starting these kinds of violent behaviors or violent actions, and, and then Trump points to them and calls them Antifa. And so mm -hmm. you know, it's like and and the thing is, the nice thing about Joe Walsh, and I do appreciate this because I I he he can frustrate me. And I, mm -hmm. I, again, I think I frustrate him because every time he starts saying both sides, I'm like, wait a minute. 
and then yeah. and then I add articles and you know and and I think yesterday finally he said both sides I said okay but more on the GOP side and then I put a smile but the thing that I appreciate about him right now is six years ago I wouldn't have been able to have this debate we were debating he was listening to me I was listening to him I was disagreeing mm. with him and I was telling him, wait a minute, no, it's more on this side. Because you know what? He's saying he's far left. Well, I am quick to point my finger at far left uh, for different reasons. And when I say far left, I mean fringers. I mean the people who won't vote for Biden. I don't mean just the progressive bunch. I, you know, right. I mean the like the people who are kind of more destructive. I, I yeah. have no problem pointing my fingers at them, but they're just they're not the ones who are, you know, being reported on. It's the white supremacists. So stop. I, it's like, I can't, I'm like, stop making this false equivalence because it's not really both sides. Maybe a little right. bit of a- agitators that aren't white supremacists. But the, the Black Lives uh, Matter movement is not violent. You know, mm-hmm. and white people are joining them, and they're fucking white. There was a wall of dads and wall of moms, you yeah. know, trying to keep the protesters safe. And, uh, you know, and it's like, I want more people, whether it's in the, uh, you know, news media or just regular people that you, because I know people, more old school Democrats that are still uh, looting is bad. It's like, of course, looting is bad. Nobody's mm-hmm. ever going to condone looting, but you know, even even if it's even if it were members of Black Lives Matter, which I'm never going to say looting is okay, but it's like, what are you supposed to fucking do when you see when you're a black person and you see black people being murdered by white people and nothing happening, and it happens all the time? What do you I do? Gotta, I got to tell you, I love the quiz, the history quiz you posted today. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I, I'm I'm very selective about um, tweet. Uh, people and tweets that I retweet mm-hmm. I had to I had to retweet that that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was brilliant I saw it on being liberal and it was like wow that was really impactful and, yeah um, let me see if I can I don't know if I can get it but basically the quiz was just about you know everything that black people have had to go through and that white people have put them through let yeah but it, the the it, the impactful thing was that it listed um, black lives versus all, all of, lives. yeah like the, it's and the, yeah, which which of these things happened? You right. Know, uh, uh, slave uh, slave ships uh, brought over from Africa. Did this happen to black lives or all lives? Right. You know? Yes. Yeah. We um, were counted. Uh, they were counted as three fifths uh, of human in America. Black lives or all lives prevented from attending right. school with whites in America until 1954. Black lives or all lives. So yeah, I saw that on Being Liberal, and I thought that's absolutely it's just it's, it was perfect. Um, powerful. Yeah, it was really powerful. And it's like, I, you know, and, and the good thing is we definitely saw in some cases, you know, like these suburban housewives that Trump loves to talk <laughs> about so much when they saw what was happening with the protests. I mean, when they saw it with their own eyes and they saw policemen going after people in wheelchairs and, mm-hmm. you know, that older white man who was knocked over and then his his skull broke, you know, was bleeding from his skull and. And, and there was that young girl, I think, on a bike. So right. it's like the, a lot of these people who just watch Fox News said, I didn't realize this was going on. You know, of course yeah. they didn't because they didn't see it. I mean, if you're watching MSNBC, that's the other thing that that kind of drove me a little nuts about Joe Walsh was I listened for about five minutes on his radio or his podcast and he was talking he's like nobody's gonna like this liberals won't like this and republicans won't like this and so he said because we're all in our tribes and he said you know there are those who are gonna watch 
Fox, and then there are those who are going to watch MSNBC. Okay, well, I've watched Fox, and I've watched MSNBC, and I will say, even though MSNBC has that left-leaning slant in that mm-hmm. they are going to have occasionally opinions about the Republican Party that are not friendly, it's based on behaviors or laws or actions, and they always are, f- they are, I'm going to say 99% factual because I listen to to the people who they have on as guests or whatever. And Joe I always Walsh said this. No, no, well, Joe Walsh said that it was that we're, you know, you're going to listen to MSNBC and you're going to go with them as if mm-hmm. Fox and MSNBC are the same. They are They're not, not because MSC doesn't lie to you. I mean, they might be a little liberal leaning, but I mean, look, look fucking Nicole Wallace. She, yeah. I, I love her. She's not mm-hmm. leaning. She's just leaning in the direction of logic and facts and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, she doesn't sit there and push some liberal agenda, but, you know, I mean, she was she she was the one who worked with Sarah fucking Palin and, the, you know, who tried to make Sarah Palin a decent candidate. But unfortunately, right. she just had to work with Sarah, so she didn't have much to work with. But but <laughs> it's just the idea that Joe can can put those two networks and those media outlets together as if they're equal. And it's like they're mm-hmm. not. They're That's just, right. they're not, they don't, fucking MSNBC doesn't lie to you every five minutes and they don't hide shit. I mean, not every single thing gets reported on, but they're not hiding the violence in the streets. They're not hiding when cops are, are murdering white people. You know, I saw some guy, this guy who was a liberal and he was on my Facebook page. I was friends with him and he, he made a post and he said something like, if you defend Jacob Blake, the guy who got shot seven times in the back, if you're mm-hmm. defending him, just unfriend me. So I did. I was like, bye. Or, no, or if, he's, if he says you're a nice guy. If he, if, if he said if, you're, if you think he's a nice guy or something like that. And it's like I saw some, and I don't know if it's true. I have no idea. You see things on the Internet and you scroll past them and you don't know. But I don't know. Somewhere along the line I saw somebody said that he raped someone and that there was some other, I don't know, something else that he did. Well, I don't know what he did. I don't know if he ever raped someone. And clearly, I'm, I'm a woman. I'm a feminist. Rape is not good. But mm-hmm. I don't know that he raped someone. But even if he did, even if he fucking did, that doesn't justify what that cop did to him. Dylan Roof murdered nine people in a church in Charleston, South Carolina. And he was taken without a hair mm-hmm. harmed on his head to Burger King before he was safely delivered to the police department yeah. end of story yeah you know and i would just you know if you ever get into a debate with with someone about that just say dylan roof right google it yeah end of story yeah it's just it's frustrating and so like i you know i i am aware now that you know as as we move closer and closer to election day i know the russian interference is going to well a, a russian attack i should say it's going to amp up and it's going to you know i think already our nerves are we're all a lot of us are on edge you know yeah. somebody like you i can't speak for you and i don't know but you seem to be somebody who has a more you, you can you have humor and you kind of have this calm where you come at it from a calm place. But there's a lot of people, and even including me sometimes, because I get so fucking angry when I'm, you know, sitting there dealing with whatever I'm dealing with at that moment. And I, I kind of get snippy or snappy. And, and, I, and I'm, trying, I'm trying really hard. I can't promise 
But, uh, you know, I mean, I was born sarcastic, so I'm always going to have to utilize that snarky, sarcastic side of me. But I do want to kind of temper it a little bit in the next couple of months because I know that tensions are running so high. And it's very easy for even, you know, liberals or Democrats to kind of go after each other because we're all freaked out and we're all just worn down. You know, we're yeah. like at the fucking nub now. <laughs> it's like this, we're, we're so this close. election. So what, what you've been seeing about the uh, the Russian attacks ramping up, uh, that's key. That's key, Kimberly. It's key. Uh, and Trump alluded this weekend, alluded several times to the disinformation campaign. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, when he's saying that, you know that that is exactly 100% what he is up to, the disinformation campaign. He's been doing it for the past three and a half years. Mm-hmm. But uh, this election is going to be about who can get their truth out there the loudest and the most mm-hmm. consistently, period. It's it's going to be a war of information versus disinformation. Mm-hmm. And we have to drown out the the noise of disinformation and fact we have to be diligent mm-hmm. and fact check it constantly and squash that shit down <laughs> yes that, you know like for instance uh in the past week or two we've seen what what are referred to as deep fakes you know what the mm-hmm. deep fakes are right yes yes that's when they do videos isn't that yeah. when they do videos and it's they... when it's when they do videos and they either edit it um in such a way that makes it look like somebody is saying something completely out of context mm-hmm. or um, or the more uh, devious one where they use like this computer artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and make it look like the person's mouth is saying what it is clearly not saying. Right. And that's, that's going to be some scary stuff. Yes. I believe that they're um, they've tested the waters in the past two weeks on that, like they did that with A.D. Barkin. Mm-hmm. I don't know yes, if you, you, you I saw it, right? Yes. Um, and it was easy to do it with him because right. he's speaking with an uh, electronic voice. Yes. And they just dubbed some uh, subtitles that he didn't say. They added the word police, mm-hmm. uh, um, like to make it sound like he's trying to get Joe Biden to agree with defunding the police. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that is clearly easily debunked because joe biden has come out publicly and said the words i am not in favor of defunding the police he said it Mm -hmm. you know but they still keep going back to the same lies you'll see donald trump jr pushing those Mm -hmm. lies and trump himself pushing those lies and it's ridiculous so we're just gonna have to stay on top of it and it's tiresome but yeah we, we have to um squash it back well, I, the last thing I want to ask you is just your your overall feeling of what do you what are you expecting as far all of it? What are you expecting as far as how many like how is the vote going to come out? Is Trump going to lose? Is he going to win? How do you think he's going to react? Let's just say he wins and I mean I'm sorry he loses and then we've got this lame duck with the crazy man. What what are you expecting? I expect that he is going to lose by a landslide. Hmm, I love hearing that. (laughs) By a landslide. It's in my book. It's in my book, The Littlest President. Yes. Um, And people are, people in my home are occasionally referring to me as Nostradatus because, uh, (laughs) you know, I I am so frequently uh, psychic and have the ability to foresee future events. 
wow. yeah, I, I've awesome. predicted in the littlest president, I'm predicting a landslide. And wow. what he is going to do is he's going to early on, uh, on the, on election night, he's going to declare victory. Mm -hmm. And then as the votes come in, he's already set the stage for this is rigged. Mm -hmm. If I lose this election, mm -hmm. It's rigged. So the following day, he's, you know, and the following day and days and weeks mm -hmm. after the election, as the mail-in results are tabulated, mm -hmm. uh, he's going to say, this is screwy. And he's going to get his army of lawyers to go and challenge the election results in every state that he loses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he will not concede. And um, I think eventually, you know, the landslide of votes are going to Point, uh, paint a clear picture that yes, dumbass, you have lost <laughs> and you have to vacate the premises and he will be escorted from the premises by generals or wow. capital police. Wow. In my book, I have it as capital police lifting his little ass out. <laughs> and it's called the little L-I-D-D, -D, right? Yeah, it's L-I-D-D -D because uh, last year, he was referring. He was constantly referring to Adam Schiff as little L I D D L E apostrophe little Adam Schiff. And yeah, so his body is tiny, but his head is about the size of his body. Yeah. Oh my god, that's. It was a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun <laughs> writing that book. And um, well, yeah, I hope I, you're right. I hope you and so, your, your listeners get a chance to read it. It's The Littlest President. That's right. And then you can find it on Amazon, correct? And it's on Amazon.com, also available on BrooklynDadDefiant.com. Okay. Well, Now, if, if you go to that website, you can get it autographed by yours oh. truly, and I have, I am told I have a very beautiful signature <laughs> that the people, they love it so much. It's so beautiful. They love it. Do you, well, before I let you go, do you, so it's true that you've had other like psychic moments where you've known things and then they happened or seen things or whatever. Yeah. So this is mostly, uh, in reference to the behavior of my children and what they're going to do. And I predict it before they do it. Huh. Um, because I'm Nostradamus, but uh, you know, but also, also other things that I can't think of that right. happen. Uh, no, I'll in, take in it. The, I'll take it. Cycle. I'll take it because uh, any any hope that you can throw out, I'm gonna take. Whether it's psychic hope or you know, because I have a friend who uh, she's psychic. Most of the time, she's not, or at least you know she tries and she's not. But there have been times when I've talked to her, and she's a friend of mine. That, you know, out of the blue, she starts like just telling me this and that is going to happen and this. And it's like it's, it's things that it's not like she's asking me, do you know somebody with a D in their name? It's nothing like that. It's just she just starts kind of hemorrhaging information. And, <laughs> and I don't even know what she's talking about. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, it all falls into place. And it's like, whoa. So I asked her, you know, what do you think? I've been asking her this whole time. Who do you mm -hmm. think is going to win? And she keeps insisting that Trump is going to lose. And what's so fascinating is that she thought in 2016 that Trump was going to win. And this time when we were going through the primaries, she, uh, I would say, who do you think is going to get the nomination? And she kept seeing a, 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 
a woman of color who was light skinned. So I'm like, well, Kamala. And she, but, but she's not really political. So she doesn't <clears> know all of their names. She knows a little bit, but she doesn't know a lot. And so um, I said, well, then it's Kamala. And, and then if Kamala dropped out. And so she kept seeing a light skinned black woman. And I'm like, but <clears> she dropped out. And she's like, I don't know what to tell you. I just keep seeing a light-skinned <laughs> black woman. And so um, now that we're, she's a little bit more aware now. She knows who Kamala Harris is, and she, she, you know, she understands that Biden is the nominee. So she, she does say that she sees Trump losing, and she, she thinks, you know, I said, do you think Biden will win? And and she's like, well, yeah, uh, but mostly I see Trump losing, but I still see a black woman. A, a light-skinned black woman. So I just, I wonder what that means. Like, I, you know, I mean, I don't know if she's correct. We'll find out when we find out. But it's like yeah. she keeps insisting that she sees, like, Kamala as president. So I don't know if that's 2024. I don't know if that's in the middle of the four years, you know, providing he wins, that she becomes president. I don't know. But it's just putting it out there, and we'll see what happens. I always think mm. that's kind of fun. So. Um, but I'm so glad that, first of all, I just want to say thank you for what you do. I know you do a lot of work behind the scenes. And I feel, you know, whenever there's somebody that works so hard to keep people sane, get the correct information out there and make us laugh, I'm always grateful. So, like I said, you have this massive Twitter following and you are influential, so I am very grateful for that. And, of course, I just love having you on the show because you're fun and funny and smart, and I just like talking to you. So, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I got to say it's not, it's not easy. Uh, I, when you talk about the size of my um, following – I, I take that very, I take that very, very seriously. Yeah. Almost like, do you remember uh, Spider-Man's motto is, you know, with with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. I take it seriously to yeah. that extent. So that's why I've been involved in so many different efforts to try to help get out the vote and educate yeah. people and squash down the, the the BS and keep people motivated all at the same time. So it doesn't leave me a whole lot of time for, you know, um, like downtime for right. like reading my comic books right. or, you know, even family time has taken a, a little bit of a hit. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's also because, you know, I, I did lose my job back yeah. in March. Uh, so that does afford me more time to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, but I actually I had to set up a, a Patreon page for people who. You know, if they like what I, you know, the 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 heat that I'm bringing, if they mm -hmm. can chuck a few bucks in, yeah. Um, my my Patreon is mm Padellin. Wait a minute, what the hell is my Patreon page? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Patreon.com/slash mmpadelllan, and any contribution folks can make to that would be, you know, tremendously appreciated. Well, there's that. I'm going to put that in. I'm going to link that to my Patreon description. And then ah, uh, you. what is your what is your uh, Twitter handle? Uh, it is also M-M-P-A-D-E-L-L-A-N. Cool. So I'll link those two things and everybody can go find you. If, if Like, obviously, you're coming and you've got almost uh, I think you're coming up on 700,000 
Twitter <laughs> followers. That's insane. Um, but that's <laughs> awesome. And again, thank you for taking it seriously. And thank you for being a strong voice because we need as many as we can get. And so I'll link those two things in the, my Patreon description. And once again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I love your show. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, visiting with you again. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. All right. Well, you take care. Stay safe. You too. Okay, bye-bye. You too. What a guy. He's so cool. Don't you love him? I love him. I think he does these shows on Twitter every day at Eastern Time, 5.30 to 6.30. And I think what initially he does like a roll call where he just gives his shouts out, shouts out. And then he talks about the events of the last 24 hours. And then I think he reads a bit from The Littlest President. So, uh, you know, I appreciate... I'll tell you that I know behind the scenes he does a lot of work. He and I kind of talk on our DMs and he'll send me some videos and stuff like that, that he's, I don't know exactly if he, I don't think he makes the videos, but he's associated with whatever group that does. It's usually good videos that are talking about whatever stupid shit Trump's doing, but I appreciate his effort because just like, you know, I feel, you know, I have a much smaller following than he does. I have like 50, I don't even know, what do I have now? 51,000 people. So in comparison, you know, he's coming up on, uh, you know, three quarters of a million no, I have 52. So, um, but you know, for me, that's a big deal to have 52,000 followers. I mean, that's, that's important for me to get it right. I don't always get it right, but I make it the effort to get it right. So when, whenever there's somebody out there who has a huge massive following and is able to, you know, be, take on labor leadership position and help us navigate through these treacherous times, I'm all fucking for it. Because, you know, I do believe that we're going to do this united. We're going to do this together. So I do appreciate him. And that's going to be it. I'm just going to talk a little about the fact that, um, you know, remind people that my mom's book, The Melt, which is about a global pandemic that she started writing in December of 2016. Isn't that crazy? Uh, it just came out on paperback. So you can get a paperback copy or you can get an ebook. I'm not sure if it's still on sale, but it was on sale for 99 cents for Labor Day. So I think today it is on sale, but it's The Melt by Ann Werner, A-N-N-W-E-R-N-E-R. -N -N -E -E I always put the link to the book in my description with Patreon. So check it out there. And of course, you can go to Amazon and you can see all my books, Peyton's Choice, which is about teen abortion and Virgin Diaries. That's a group of of people who sent me their stories about what it was like to have sex for the first time i also have the uh what is it um, american woman the <laughs> i can't even remember my own book american woman the pole dance women in voting i'm sorry for my brain fade um and then also there is ain't no sunshine men reveal the pain of heartbreak which is also a compilation of stories of men and their their woe their broken hearts you can find me on Twitter at Author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. And that's going to be it for today. I'm going to talk with Steph tomorrow, and then we're going to have a couple of guests talking about voting on Wednesday. That's going to be an important show, so please, please stick around for that one or show up for that one, I should say. Thank you for listening today, and we will see you tomorrow talking with Steph. Bye-bye.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.